Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's Off the Line Fantasy Football Podcast with another episode, episode 76. On today's episode, we're talking AFC North team outlooks from a fantasy perspective. Of course, you got Eugene on the mic and the other host with me, Ike. What's going on? How you doing? Man, just excited to excited to talk this division. Pretty intriguing division. You know, uh, we got uh, we got a lot of movement, um, you know, especially on the Ravens side. Um, business as usual in Cincinnati. Can, you know, Kenny Pickett and Pittsburgh take a step forward? And then we got Deshaun Watson in year two in Cleveland. So it's pretty a pretty intriguing division. I'm looking forward to diving in. Yeah, let's go ahead and get into it. So the first team I want to start off with is the Cincinnati Bengals. You know, you got uh, a team that's been in the AFC Championship game at least the last two years. Uh, this offseason moves they made is they brought in Irv Smith. You know, this a player that we've held high and hopeful for for his whole career because of the, you know, the upside and the athleticism. It just never, it never came to fruition. But now he's in a new situation, maybe – Maybe he might have a different outcome of, you know, from a fantasy perspective. They drafted Chase Brown in the fifth round and running back from Iowa, from Illinois. Um, we'll see about him. And then that's pretty much it. You know, they got other, you know, offensive linemen that were hurt. They're now back. So hopefully this is a, makes, makes it a better outlook for, you know, Joe Burr in terms of, you know, staying upright. So uh, any of these moves intrigue you of any, of any sort? They also drafted a, a slot receiver, Charlie Jones from Purdue. Oh yes, yes. Um, I forgot about that man. So I mean, it'll be interesting to see how he factors into the passing attack. But at least um, you know, just you know, just kind of uh, you know, projecting it out. I don't think he'll have much of a role at least early on. Maybe towards the end of the season. You know, a lot of, a lot of rookies from it doesn't matter where they're drafted from. They may fall into some opportunity, and we'll see. But um, yeah, outside of that, man, this. There's not really much that changed with this, with this, especially with this offense. I mean, the Earth Smith and the Chase Brown, um, but they did, you know, replace some starters on defense because they did lose some starters on defense. So they say so they did that. They did a little replenishing in that regard. But their offense, business as usual, uh, especially from a fantasy perspective, got the usual suspects. Yep. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about some of these uh, usual suspects on the on the offensive side of the ball. You got Joe Burrow. Who's going quarterback five under an underdog dress right now? Overall, uh, forty-seven. So, you know, kind of right before the end of the fourth round. Uh, he last year he was tied for a second in the most touchdown passes with thirty-five. Finished fourth in fantasy points per game, and doing all this while being sacked forty-one times, which was six most in the NFL. Um, and then also just to keep a note in terms of pressure rate, uh, his rating was eighty-four point six, which was fourth in the league. So, you know, pretty good for somebody that. You know, under duress, you know, two years in the, I mean, the last pretty much since he's been in the league, just been sacked, you know, a lot and still yeah. able to to keep the ball moving and, you know, getting the 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 ball to the to his weapon. So uh, anything of note for Joe Burrow? Yeah, I mean, he has the best weapons and the best supporting cast in the league. So that that definitely helps a lot. Um, but he's also, you know, pretty accurate with the ball. If you look at completion percentage over expected, he's fourth in the league behind surprisingly Jacoby Brissett obviously Patrick Mahomes and then Geno Smith who we talked about a couple weeks ago he was number one in completion percentage over expected and again and that has a lot to do with his weapons and has has a lot to do with his uh, with his uh, you know with his accuracy Um, so Joe Burrow 
has been has been a stud since you know uh, obviously since you know his rookie year children flashes but 2022 2021 was a true breakout and then 2022 followed it up um, with a pretty damn good year and over the last couple of years Joe Burrow is second behind Patrick Mahomes uh, with the highest fantasy points per game from just pure passing so all just straight mm-hmm. up passing no rushing um, he's second in fantasy points per game just just shy of 20. I think Mahomes kind of edged him out just a little bit, but um, but yeah, Joe Burrow, like he's he's well worth that you know that QB five uh, price tag, and on underdog, I mean I've every time I you know I draft Jamar Chase at number two, or I have the number two spot, I I always make sure that you know I, I get I get Joe Burrow because it, it just makes this makes so much sense to, yep. so much sense uh, to to stack those two together, um, and, you know on, on as many drafts as you possibly can. And I know we did a draft I think about a month ago where we started out with. Uh, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Joe Burrow—you know the yep. first three picks. Um, just to go ahead and just lock in the thing. I think I think as a matter of fact, it was right after the schedule release. Schedules were mm-hmm. were, uh, were released, so we can get that Week 17 uh, fireworks show between Kansas City and in uh, in in Cincinnati. So, uh, yeah. So Joe Burrow, I think he's well worth that that QB five price tag. Yeah, and uh, just another thing of note is uh, Brian Callahan, the offensive coordinator, came out and said that. They were going to be using a lot more play action this year because Joe Burrow led the league in batted balls and then batted balls that turned into interceptions last year. So they're looking to, you know, get him, you know, get get in some get into some action so he's able to, you know, have a cleaner pocket to throw the ball and not get the ball batted down. So, you know, just something to, to keep note of and hopefully they, you know, put it to work and put it into works this coming season. So, all right. So the running back room. So we got Joe Mixon. You know, we heard the whole you know commotion that he had last month about the domestic uh, altercation that he had at his home. He might be involved, might not be involved. We're still waiting on that. I know the Bengals in the midst of that have been, you know, Wayne, do they want to hold on to him, do it and cut him? So, I mean, he's still on the roster as of today, so I'm just assuming, I'm assuming they're keeping him. They didn't really draft anybody to, you know, really threaten his, his touches or or take any workload off of him. So I think he's locked in for this year and probably won't be there after this year. So they'll probably ride into the dirt like they did uh, this past season. Um, his rushing, like every product, every metric in terms of numbers wise, his yards, yards per carry, touchdowns, snaps, carries, all were down from the previous season. Uh, it just looks like he's kind of wearing down as the years, you know, pile on to him. But his receptions were up. Uh, 60 receptions, which was fifth in the league, and then 441 reception receiving yards was sixth in the league. And he was also seventh in points per game, uh, which is you know pretty crazy to see from a running back position. And me saying that he was down to every single average metric for a running back is concerned. So we'll see what happens. I know we got a couple running backs behind him, Chase Brown, you got Trevion Williams. They lost P. Ryan this offseason to the Broncos. So for me, it kind of just looks like he's the guy, and there's not really anybody else as of, the, of note that's you know readily and available to take on that you know the potentially that third down role that Piron held last year. Yeah, and I think you know um, we 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 kind of still have to monitor those legal issues because again, to your point, they did not replace Samaj Piron with any other veteran running back, and there hasn't been any talk of them even bringing another guy. And yeah. So um, you know, there, there's also the contract situation. There's still a possibility that he can get cut. You know, legal legal issues aside, suspension, looming suspension aside, 
he may not he may get cut i mean there's there's a there's a, a non-zero chance of that happening um but the likelihood of it happening i i think to your you know i think i'll agree with you here i don't think he'll i don't think he'll get cut when it's all said and done but in the case that he could uh it doesn't you know it, it won't hurt to take a shot at you know chase brown super late in the draft in in, in best ball drafts or maybe even a travion williams more, more so uh, Chase Brown because he's the one that actually has, you know, draft capital and, sh- and you know, showed some pretty good athleticism at the combine with a 4-4-3-40. So Chase Brown, I think, is is interesting late um, just in case something happens with Mixon because if they cut Mixon, then it's just going to be, you know, Chase Brown and Travion Williams in that backfield. I mean, they may sign a Kareem Hunt. They may sign a Leonard Fournette. They may sign an Ezekiel Elliott. Um, but, again, it it all it all depends on you know what happens with Joe Mixon and I'm a little cautious. I know before I was completely avoiding him early in early in the off season, um, but I, I've I've drafted a couple of shares here and there just in case he is you know you know just in case he survives the roster cuts and he makes the roster and he's yeah. he's going to be the Bengals starting running back week one. So I've been starting to kind of grab a little bit more of Joe Mixon. But I'm still a little cautious uh, in that regard. Just drafting. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, he's going to get the majority of the touches in that backfield, so there's not there's no harm in you know dabbling here and there. And he's probably at this point he's going to be like your third or fourth running back, depending on how you're drafting. So I don't see any. There's no harm in you know drafting him in like the ninth, tenth round because I mean I'm that's why I'm still seeing him around that range. And also just keep in mind that they still I think Chris Evans is still on the roster too. He could oh, potentially yeah. be the third down back. I don't, but even still, like, you know, the biggest question is the backfield. And I mean, we pretty much answered it like it's Joe Mixon until they figure out what they're gonna do with them. He could get cut, he could get suspended, he could be on the roster. So there's um, a lot there's a there's a there's, there's three different paths um that yeah. exist with Joe Mixon and um you know, a lot of people who may just believe in him, um go you know, go right ahead. Um, you know, you mentioned his his passing, his his uh, his his receptions, uh, a career high sixty receptions. But every year before that, he hadn't had any more than forty three receptions. So yeah. this looks like an outlier year from a receptions perspective, and his targets his target share was up as well, especially when him, Chase, and uh, Higgins were on the field, and Boyd were all on the field together. I think Mixon was like second or third in target share when they were all when they all played together. Which was which is kind of crazy <laughs> considering the mm-hmm. weapons they have. So, um, you know, it, it looks like it looks like an outlier year, and, and he's not really that great of a rusher. Three point nine yards a carry uh, this past year, you know, that wasn't very good. So, um, you know, yards per touch is only thirty fifth in the league. Um, you know, yards graded per touch forty third in the league. Doesn't really break break a lot of uh, long runs. Thirty fifth in breakaway breakaway runs. Forty seventh in breakaway run rate. So you 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 get what you get um, with Joe Mixon. He's in he's in a good offense. They're going to be in scoring position a lot, and touchdowns can definitely you know can definitely happen um, in in bunches for him. You know he had nine last year, sixteen in twenty twenty one. So and then you know and then obviously he had a you know his season shortened in in twenty twenty with only four, but twenty nineteen at eight, twenty eighteen he had nine. And so he he he'll score touchdowns, you know, as long as that offense is good and they're 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 moving point, they're moving the ball down the field and they're scoring points. So yep. yeah, it's 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 mixing, it's mixing or you know until 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 it's not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because if it's not him, it's just you don't even want to mess with who who's it going to be until they until they tell you. So 
Yeah. All right. The receivers. I mean, like you said, this is pretty much the best receiving core in the league. I don't think there's anybody else that, you know, in terms of a trio, I don't think there's anybody else that comes close to them. Um, people might say now the, you know, the charges with them adding Quentin Johnston, but no. you haven't seen them play. So I don't see anybody else that you can even, you know, put a, put them up against these three. I'll, I'll put my money on them. So if, if Philly or Miami added a third guy that's very yeah. viable, then they could potentially, but, um, but no, it, it's, it's, it's Cincinnati. It's Cincinnati. Yeah. I mean, what else is to say about Jamar Chase, man? He just he played only eleven games due to his hip injury, and you know he still smashed. Like in terms of you know, target share was twenty nine percent, which is elite. He was fifth in receptions when lined up on the outside with forty nine. He led his team in air yard share. He was third in the league in targets in the red zone, man. So um, he should have had more touchdowns, but again, like you know, the luck of a lot of balls getting batted down and just him missing games. So, I mean, there's really nothing else to say about him. He's just, he's a monster, man. He's the number two. You can, I mean, you can argue if he can go number one, if that's your preference, I won't, I won't debate you there, but he's, he's good, man. He's good. He actually had more targets, more total targets last this year than he did last year. He had 134 targets this year and he had 128 in his rookie season. So he was at an 11.2 yard, 11.2 targets per game, which is, which is insane. So, you, you know, you, you add that and you, you extrapolate that, you know, for, you know, over 17 games, like that's 190 targets. <laughs> <laughs> and that's with Higgins and, and Boyd on the same team, man. It's just it, with, with Higgins on Boyd, Higgins and Boyd on the same team. But like, you got to remember Higgins had like those, remember, remember like throughout, you know, uh, Higgins had those, those three games where he was, you know, active, but didn't really play. Oh man! There was that one Sunday ankle, night game, man. that Sunday night, that Sunday night debacle where I was, I was legitimately pissed. And I think I, Bro. I think, and I think we had a, we we were in a league together, and I traded him the next week. Yeah, so like and you know, I'm not dealing with this. Yeah, I'm not dealing. He played. With this. He, I think he played like a series, and then he played he was one. Done. He played one series, ran a route. I think he got a target. It was yeah. an incomplete pass, and then he mm-hmm. and then he sat the rest of the game. Right. Um, Sunday night against the Ravens, it was it was completely oh. tilting, completely tilting. Oh, was um, super hot that game. Yeah, I was like, okay, because all week long, you know, I think he was limited or didn't practice or whatever the mm-hmm. case was, and they said T Higgins will be active. They didn't say anything about a snap, you know, uh, snaps being limited. You know, we just assumed that you know it was, he was just going to gut it out. But um, Cincinnati's coaching staff had had other ideas. Um, but you know, since we're on the topic of T Higgins, he's currently going as the wide receiver 14, uh, pick 23. Now see with him, with, with T Higgins, like he's, he's just going in a, he's just going in a spot where there's still a lot of, you know, running backs that have higher ceilings than he does. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's just, he's going in a tough spot. Like he's, he's a, he's a pretty damn good receiver to have on your fantasy, on your fantasy squad, on your best ball squad. But where he's going, man, you can get like a Tony Pollard, you can get a Derrick Henry, you can get a Ramondre Stevenson, you can get a Josh Jacobs in that yeah. same range. And those guys have high, much higher ceilings than, than T. Higgins does because T. Higgins is the number two. Um, even though he was wide receiver 12 in fantasy points per game last year at, at just shy of 16, um, it's just, I don't know, man. Uh, yeah it's it's it's, it's, it's it's a tough spot i don't i don't i don't see myself leaving with too many shares of t higgins when i do these drafts because of where he's going 
Um, it that, has nothing to do with the player. It has just everything to do with what's around in that in in that range. And it's I prefer the running backs. In, in, uh, to, and to that and and people have the tendency to reach for him also. So that's another reason why I'm not leaving with too many of them unless I unless I have to reach for him myself. Uh, because people are like right around that, you know, that turn or right before the middle of the third, he's gone. Um, and unless I have, unless I have Chase or or I'm know I'm gonna get Burrow, then I'll get Higgins. But um, I'm if I get Higgins, I have to I have to have it with Burrow. I, I, and yeah, that's usually you, you that's usually me reaching. Higgins, you can't have T Higgins just by himself. Like yeah, you, you got to stack him with Burrow at least to you know to get some more positive EV there, but. I, I just, you know, I don't, I, again, yeah, I don't see myself leaving with too much T. Higgins. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you there. All right. So last one, Tyler Boyd. I mean, he's the, the designated slot guy. 40, 46 of his 51 receptions last year came from the slot. Um, I mean, there's really nothing else there. He's solid. He's wide receiver 50 going around 104. So, you know, around the, the, the ninth round, you can, you can, you can grab him up uh, looking for your fourth or fifth wide receiver there. Yeah, the, the one thing about Tyler Boyd is that he's been kind of declining over the last couple of years. Um, it's, you know, last year when Demar Chase missed missed games, missed four games, there was plenty of opportunity for 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 Tyler Boyd to kind of you know assert himself, right? But he had no higher than forty four yards in those four games. He had yeah. like sixteen at forty four yards. He had like thirty six yards. He only hit, and that was only like only like five targets a game. So he he completely underwhelmed when he was. Um, when, when Jamar Chase was out of the games, um, when, when Jamar Chase missed time. So yep. um, it, it's something to monitor. Yeah, I mean, like it, anytime I get Tyler Boyd, it's because I, already, I either already have Jamar Chase and I'm just doing a double stack with uh, him, Chase, and Burrow. Or, you know, if I if I drafted Joe Burrow and I, you know, wanted to stack him with Boyd and, and Irv Smith, I'll do I'll do something like that, like a cheap a cheap way to get some uh, bangles on, on, my, on my squad. But he's yeah he's usually like my my fourth or fifth wide receiver by by the time I draft him. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And I believe Tyler Boyd, like what happens, like we started seeing Hayden Hurst kind of emerge whenever uh, Jamar Chase was out, and it wasn't Boyd when people a lot of people just assumed it would have been Boyd, but it was actually Hurst that was picking up the slack there. Yeah, they were and locking then, him in. They were locking him yeah, in. Yeah, they were. And then the last guy we want to talk about is Irv Smith. You know, again, like I said at the beginning, a guy that. You know, we just you know ha- have a lot of hopes for it that just doesn't have it just doesn't pan out. He's he's always hurt. He only played seven games last year, and then he got hurt, and then he got replaced by T.J. Uh, Hawkinson, and you know that was all she wrote for him in Minnesota. So tight end seventeen. So basically, you can get him what four thirteen, fourteen, fifteenth round, pretty much free. So right around the range where you should be looking for tight ends, and get like two, three, four of them, and he's one of them that you can you know get with. Yeah, you know, I've been taking a little bit of uh, you know, Irv Smith because of the offense that he's going to be um in, you know, him catching passes from Joe Burrow and just kind of being uh in scoring position a lot and potentially getting red zone looks provided he stays on the field and stays healthy. And that's that's the big thing with him, right? So that's the one thing we need to monitor and and keep and make note of. But yeah, Irv Smith is only I'm only getting Irv Smith because of the offense that he's in. Um underlying metrics not really that great. Um, you know, he's just—he's—he just—he hasn't—he's—he's he's failed to live up to expectations since coming out of Alabama. He has—he has—I think he was a, a second-round draft pick uh, several yep. years ago from Alabama. 
uh, just hadn't quite panned out, had some buzz early, you know, you know, in his earlier days in Minnesota, but just, you know, never quite got there. So hopefully this can be a little bit of a rebirth for him. You know, we do, we do see tight ends. Some tight ends have, you know, outlier years and breakout years later in their careers. So maybe this is one of those situations. All right. On to the next thing. All right. So ne- the next team we're going to talk about is the Baltimore Ravens. Um, pretty, they, They've had a lot of activity this offseason. They signed multiple wide receivers. They signed Odell Beckham Jr. to that one-year, fifteen-plus million-dollar deal um, in the off-season, and they also, for whatever reason, don't know why they signed Nelson Aguilar, um, and he's basically a, he's basically a, a zero in drafts. He's not going to. I mean, I don't really see him being drafted by anybody. I, I don't think I've seen his name at all. Uh, and then they drafted Zay Flowers in the first round from uh, from Boston College. Uh, so he was that was a pretty good pick for them. I, I definitely. They were, they definitely mocked um, you know a wide receiver to to Baltimore and all the mocks that I've seen. So and in, in this you know it was good to kind of see that come to fruition. And then the you know one of the bigger moves uh, they made is they brought in Todd Munkin as their offensive coordinator. Um, this this signals that they want to pass the ball more. Um, and you know they re- obviously they resigned Lamar Jackson to the largest deal in NFL history um, for a quarterback or for, or I think player period. Maybe Jalen Hurts usurped that, or did, did Jalen Hurts sign or before or after Lamar Jackson? I can't remember. I think he signed, uh, he signed before. No, he signed before? Jalen Hurts was before. Yeah, Hurts was before. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, so, yeah, Lamar Jackson. Okay, he he had the largest contract ever. So, um, yeah. So this signals that they're going to pass more. And you know, if you look at his history, um, you know, Todd Monkey when he was with the Buccaneers, they were in, in, in especially in 2017 and 2018, they were sixth and fourth in pass rate over expected. Uh, you know, those are the those are the you know the kind of the Jameis Winston uh, D gaff years where he was just chucking it up everywhere. Uh, <laughs> so um, that this 30, this 30 for 30, 30, 30 for 30 legend, 30 for 30 legend. And their and their pace and tempo should be a lot faster. You know, they um, you know, their situation neutral pace, I think, didn't, you know, in the in the four in the four years that he was with, you know, Tampa Bay uh, in Cleveland between Tampa Bay and Cleveland. I think their path, their their situation neutral pace didn't uh, go any any lower than eleventh. So I think they were like eleventh, fourth, and eighth, and then I think uh, I think eighth again. So they were they were pretty they were pretty up you know up tempo and 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 had a pretty fast pace. So with regards to Lamar Jackson, um, you know this you know this is this kind of leads us to kind of the big question about about this offense is you know how how much will this team actually pass? I mean they they have the weapons for it, right? They they have Rashad Bateman, who we'll talk about in a second. We have they have Odo Beckham Jr. They have Zay Flowers, who they drafted in the first round, and obviously Mark Andrews, um, who's the who's the who's the, the biggest target earner there. Um, so just just before we get to like any of the players, like what do you what do you expect to see out of this offense um, in twenty twenty three uh, from a passing perspective? I, I I would assume that they would pass a lot more than they did the previous season. Uh, they it was a forty eight fifty two split pass run. So they ran a little bit more than they passed. We saw them the previous season when Lamar missed like half the season. It was actually a 54-46 pass to run split. Uh, like you said with Todd Munkin, he has the uh he he usually passes a lot more than he runs. Uh, I know last year we saw we saw them, you know, distribute their targets where it was a lot of you know tight end targets. I think they have almost 44%, and right under that was the wide receivers at right at 43% and then running backs at barely over 60 targets, which was like almost 14%. So overall in terms of just targets period, I think they were like the bottom 
five in the league in terms of targets just to weapons period. So I would expect them to, if they can get to at least league average, then um, I can only imagine what kind of, you know, kind of uh, firepower that this office can be, especially with Lamar Jackson and his, his, his legs can just kind of open up the offense. So that's what I'm expecting. I'm expecting a lot more passing, get around league average around, you know, 550 targets and we, we, we're going to be good to go. Yeah, we we we're gonna be cooking with fish grease. Yeah. So with Lamar Jackson, he's going currently going off the board at Q, at QB four, so pick thirty five. So he's going right after that big three of of Hertz, Mahomes, and Allen. So I I like this range for for, for Lamar Jackson. As a matter of fact, um, if I look at my underdog shares, he is my. Let's see, I think he's like my fifth, uh, fifth most rostered quarterback. I think he's like, yeah, my fifth or sixth most roster quarterback. I do want, I do need to get more shares, but, um, but yeah, this is a, a good range for him. Um, but you know, we want to talk just really qu- quick talk about you know since Lamar Jackson's MVP year, he 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 has had a declining uh, you know uh, fantasy points per game. Like that MVP year was almost twenty eight fantasy points per game. Like that was literally insane, literally insane. Um, but you know, each each year since then, he's kind of hovered around twenty. So average around like 22, 20, and then 20 again. So, um, but again, we talked about it. He, his new OC potentially going to open things up for him. We've seen him be capable as a passer. He's still, he want, he, he's, he once led the league in touchdown passes um, in a league that had, you know, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady and, and Drew Brees and all those guys like that Lamar Jackson led the league in, in touchdown passes. So, um, and so he still has QB1 overall upside you know still can run around a lot um so we'll see what the what the runs um what the what the run game looks like uh with lamar jackson um he had had a pretty decent td rate in 2022 5.2 percent that's you know you know above league average um but for comparison's sake 9.6 in 20 in 2019 his mvp year which is absolutely crazy um so if he can get somewhere to like seven uh you know this year i mean i know that's still relatively high too but you know you know six and a half seven uh, especially with these weapons, is not out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I, there's really nothing else to add here. I'm I'm really high on Lamar this year. Underdog drafts, so I almost I gotta reach to get him because I can never get him. Uh, I, I think yeah. I got him on like two teams because he's gone before you make that before to the fourth the fourth uh, round. He's gone. So yeah, um, I don't know, man. I'm just I'm high I'm high on him this year for sure. Yeah, yeah. So uh, onto the backfield consists of J.K. Dobbins. Uh, Gus Edwards and Justice Hill. Obviously, we talked about J.K. Dobbins ad nauseum on, on this podcast about the offseason, how high we are on him. You bet on guys year two coming off the post, off the ACL tear. Um, you know, currently off the going off the board as RB eighteen. That's been moving up. Um, you know, or that it's moved up to RB eighteen since uh, you know earlier in the offseason as he's been getting more buzz. Um, but he he does he does have a little bit of a contract impasse right now with Baltimore. I don't know what what you know what that uh, he's tripping. What kind, of, what kind of trouble that spells for 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 them uh, during training camp? Um, hopefully, it's it's not it's, it's nothing it's nothing major, um, but it is something to monitor. It is something to monitor. Um, but J.K. Dobbins, when he came back, you know, from his because he started off the season, you know, he didn't look like himself. Then he had another cleanup um, with his knee. But then when he got back, his last five games, he averaged around 92 yards, 92 rushing yards per game. Um, but in the eight games, eight total games that he played in 2022, he only had seven receptions for 42 yards. So, um, you know, 
that was with Greg Roman's offense. Maybe Todd Munkin's offense will, will, will call more pass attempts to the running backs and to the backfield in general. Um, and we saw we've seen J.K. Dobbins do that in college. Like we've seen him, you know, be be a be a pretty good pass catcher in college. And so, uh, and you know, him being a you know super explosive runner, seventeen percent explosive rush rate. Um, that's you know significantly above the week, you know the you know the league average. Um, one thing to note, he did have a hundred percent of the carries inside the five yard line, but again, a lot of that was without Lamar over the last part of the season. That's probably going to change and come down a little bit, but it's good to see him getting all the work and not and them not bringing in another back to you know vulture touchdowns away from him, so um, or opportunities away from him. So J.K. Dobbins, like you know, we've we've talked about it uh, numerous times uh, throughout the offseason. we're pretty high on him. He's my my third highest drafted running back uh, behind uh, Antonio Gibson and Chuba Hubbard. So. Um, I've, I'm, I have a lot of J.K. Dobbins this offseason. What about you? He is my fifth most highest uh, running back in at Chuba Hubbard, Antonio Gibson, P. Ryan, and Tank. No, not Tank. Uh, David Montgomery are the ones above him. So mm. um, with almost 25%. So I'm very high on him. Uh, Munkins talked about him wanting him to get more passes. It'd be interesting because Lamar doesn't have the tendency to throw to his running backs. So we will see about that. And then they've been hyping up uh, Justin's Hill in, in terms of using him in third down too. So should be interesting how they end up using using him in the passing game for sure. But I agree with everything you said. I expect a lot of big things for J.K. Dobbins coming off that year too. Um, he's tripping about that contract though, man. You haven't really done much for you to be trying to demand a, a – I, I get it, but you – come on, bro. Come he's on. been he's been super efficient every time he touches the ball. Six it's six true. yards of carry as a rookie, five point seven last year. But it's no, he, you're right. You, you, you just 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 suck it up and, and go to work, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> but you yeah. know what? I I think what he's doing is you know there's a lot of uh, you know running backs are are the most disrespected position in football. Yeah. So you know maybe he's taking a stand or some in, in some capacity, but you know we'll we'll see how it all plays out. Um, but his other backfield mate, Gus Edwards, currently going off the board in you know the RB sixty ish range. Um, an interesting, uh, interesting stat that I that I found whenever I was doing some research was that he's actually top five all time in yards per carry, minimum five hundred carries. Yeah, I know it's 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 crazy, what? right? <laughs> literally, <laughs> literally insane. Um, and you know he he last year he had a fifteen fifteen percent explosive rush rate, so that you know he's. He can he can rub off some explosive runs because every time you get you you kind of see him out there and he he's just gust the bus just moving right yep. pretty yep. fast pretty fast for a big guy but he 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 himself has injury concerns he had that ACL injury the same time that um, J.K. Dobbins did and he's taking a little bit of time to kind of get back to you know to his his speed so he's 28 and he's much older he's 28 and J.K. Dobbins is 24 um, and. Another thing is Gus, Gus Edwards is basically a zero in the passing game. He's only giving you 18, 18 career catches. So there's not really mm. too much upside with Gus Edwards outside of, you know, the fact that the Ravens may run the ball. You know, I don't know how, how much they're going to run the ball, but he's, all you know, in that backfield, especially with, the, you know, a Lamar Jackson uh, freezing linebackers and, and creating these wide running lanes for whoever's in the backfield. Um, it, it's taking him at a, you know in the RB60 range super late in drafts uh, just depends i mean maybe JK Dobbins doesn't fully recover from his uh, you know doesn't get back to his rookie form and 
he may run into some injury issues again. Knock on wood. And then you know, Gus Edwards will be another uh, would be a direct beneficiary. Um, but you know, we'll we'll see. We'll see. We'll see about that one. Um, and then lastly, Justice Hill. Um, he's been getting talked up in minicamp about his pass catching. I mean, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess. I, uh, I guess they know, resigned they, him. I they, mean, they, they resigned him. He could he be could he be on the field on third downs? That remains to be uh, seen. But um, as of right now, the guys that are fantasy relevant are J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards, and we're gonna go with that until something changes. Uh, but you, you can talk about a guy, and then you know when the season starts, he's a healthy scratch on game days, or he's playing special teams. He's he's on yep. he's a punt gunner, right? So it, there's there's these, <laughs> there are these things that could pop that could that could pop up, and you know we we don't need we don't need to really talk too much about them. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, but on to the receivers um, and, and, you know, the ambiguous wide receiver room led by Rashad Bateman at wide receiver 45, followed by Zay Flowers at RB, uh, wide receiver 46, and then Odell Beckham at wide receiver 53. Um, so, I mean, out of these guys, I mean, you know, Rashad Bateman has, has you know, Rashad Bateman and, and Zay Flowers have the draft capital. Back-to-back first, you know, Rashad Bateman was a 2021 first-round pick and Zay Flowers a 2023 first-round pick. Say Flowers was, was, you know, had a had a very young breakout at a 20-year-old breakout age in, at Boston College. Um, he played mostly outside. Um, but you, but if you look at his frame, he looks he's built like a slot receiver, but he played a lot outside. So um that that's one thing to monitor and one thing to keep in mind. You know, you, a lot of people will just assume just by the way he looks, he should be in the slot, but um he played mostly on the outside and, and Mursad Bateman uh would probably be on the inside. But I think I think they'll those will be the I don't know I, I think those guys I think those two will be interchangeably like they'll they'll be used interchangeably in, in their in their positions I don't so I think OBJ will be um an out mostly on out an outside guy whenever they're deployed but I I feel like they should use and utilize a lot of three wide receiver sets um based on based on their talent their skill sets um if especially if if, if the signal is that they're going to pass the ball a lot more. Yeah, you should have all these guys on the field a lot. Um, so, but Rashad Bateman, I mean, he, he had the he had the foot injury, but he flashed in a, in a small sample size. He had twenty three yards, twenty three percent yard, um, you know, targets per route run and a two point three eight yards per route run. Now that two point three eight, obviously, it was because of that you know that one that one big play um, yep. in, against Miami that seventy five yarder that slant. Yep. But he still did it. He still he still you know took the slant to the crib. And so mm-hmm. that's obviously going to ride, you know, that's going to boost up his, 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 his yards per route run in a small sample. Um, but I, I ultimately think that, you know, Rashad Bateman is going to be the number one and why, and why, and part, partly a part of why I think that Lamar Jackson said it himself, Rashad Bateman is wide receiver one. <laughs> and, but, 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 but in all honesty, like, I think, you know, his, his athletic profile plus, you know, his production in Minnesota, um, he was prolific in Minnesota. As long as he as long as he can stay healthy, he's going to be the number one, and I think he's going to have a true breakout year. What do you think about this receiving room? Uh, you know, it's ambiguous, like you said. Just I don't know because I mean Bateman. I remember we talked. I remember that the the first couple of weeks, and I told you I was just like, man, I don't know about this because he's smashing on like eight total targets the first two weeks. I'm just like, this can't keep up. But it didn't keep up. But it was because of injury, not because of actual play. So. Um, OBJ, 
I mean, we're still holding on to hope that he can, you know, kind of, you know, do something for us. He was, he's a person that we never really seen a wide receiver tear his ACL twice and, you know, see what, and seen like any, anything from it. So I don't know about him. And then Zay Flowers, he's a rookie in a new offense. I mean, I don't know. I just know, I just know Mark Andrews is the guy. So it's going to be interesting to see how, you know, all this, you know, new weapons, new OC kind of, you know, kind of works together. Um, I mean, my guess would be just take the cheapest one. Um, but I, I mean, I do like, I like Zay Flowers, man. I like him a lot. I mean, he smashed in college. Um, wide receiver 46, so it's not too expensive compared to some of these other rookie wide receivers, but he's probably going to be the wide receiver three coming out So uh, at the gate. So, I mean, I would take OBJ. Uh, one thing of note for uh, you know, Tom Monk in offense is the four years he's been OC, his wide receiver one have, has be- basically finished within you know, wide receiver one range. The The lowest has been wide receiver 15. Everything, every other wide receiver – uh, the four years that he's been an OC, they've finished wide receiver 12, wide receiver three, and wide receiver nine. So, well, there you have it. Rashad Bateman season. <laughs> and, why, and why do I think it's why else do I think that is Rashad Bateman season? Because he is my third most rostered wide receiver currently. Interesting. Behind okay. behind DJ Moore and Elijah Moore. Of course, the so. two the two the two guys that you've been that you've been in love with for for the uh, the beginning of time. So. It only makes sense. <laughs> it only makes sense. And then lastly, uh, Mark Andrew, the tight end room, uh, starting with Mark Andrews. He's currently going off the board as the tight end two, pick thirty. Uh, you know, this is another guy I haven't been getting, been getting a, a ton of because of what's around him in that range. But he's still an elite target earner. That you know, regardless of you know who's throwing him the ball, um, I, I know his production was you know relatively down from twenty twenty one. Um, but he still finished as a tight end three in points per game, tight end four overall. Um, you know, 29% target share, 29.3 uh, uh, target rate, first and third uh, amongst tight ends in the NFL. And he was one of four tight ends with over two yards per route run with at least 30 catches. So he's he's still elite, still, you know, still possesses elite upside. And he he he, he can go bonkers with, with no matter who's throwing him the ball. And with this new offense, potentially – Air raid ish uh, offense with with Todd Munkin, uh, you know, running running the show. There's going to be opportunity for you know Mark Andrews con- to continue to smash um, and, and definitely pay off the tight end two price. He he took down Kelsey in 2021. Maybe he takes him down in 2023. Um, but you know we'll we'll we'll, we'll see how it all unfolds and you know it just kind of depends on uh, which which receiver uh, potentially emerges and, and may throw a wrench into that. And then uh, lastly, we have Isaiah Likely, uh, tight end 28, pick 12, you know, basically pick 206, going at the end of drafts. Um, you know, he's he's a, he's super athletic, um, but when Mark Andrews is out there, he's not going to get too much uh, too much work. Um, but um, and, and there there were times last year where he did get some targets. He was able to earn some targets. Um, he had a 24 percent. 25% uh you know target rate which was eighth amongst tight ends and uh he was 12th in red zone targets with 11. So when he was on the field he was getting he was getting opportunities. Um he he got some opportunities early on especially when, when Mark Andrews missed time. Um so he we we have seen him produce. We've seen him be good um in his limited opportunities. Yep, I agree and um I mean I don't really have nothing else to add there. I mean, Isaiah likely is going to 
it'd be unlikely for him to you know really make an impact on your rosters if you draft him. So do do um, yeah. <laughs> I knew you would catch that, but yeah. uh, <laughs> hey, man, hey, nothing gets past me. I know. <laughs> What's up, everybody? It's Ike from Off the Line Fantasy Football. I'm excited to announce that Destination Devi is partnering with Underdog Fantasy for the 2023 season. There's no better way to put your skills to the test against me and other top fantasy football analysts this offseason. But here's the best part. If you use promo code OTLFF when signing up, you'll get a 100% deposit match of up to $100. And if you deposit $10, you'll get access to strategize with us in the Destination Devi Discord. Now, why is this important? You get additional stats, additional tips, and much more to dominate your drafts. And plus, and you know, we got all the information. We got all of the EDU for you. So what are you waiting for? Head over to underdogfantasy.com, sign up, and let's make this season one for the books. All right, so let's go ahead and move on to the next team. We're going to talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, Offseason moves, they drafted Darnell Washington in the third round. Uh, They added Allen Robinson, or the corpse of Allen Robinson, depending on how you look at it. He disappointed a lot of us this past season. We don't even dip into that again. And then, um, you know, their offense overall this past season, they were 20th in pass rate over expected, 18th in pace. I know just overall, um, I know a lo- another move that they were hoping they'd make was replace the OC, but they did not do that. They brought him back for another year. So um, I don't know about that one, but um, Kenny Pickett, QB 23 and underdog dress right now going at 167. It's around the – 13th, 14th round. He averaged 11 and a half points per game this past season, which was 29th out of 32 starting quarterbacks. Stinky. Gross. 1.8 touchdown rate. NFL averages around four and a half. Stinky. Second in danger plays plus interceptable passes. Stinky. And only 21st in pass attempts. Big question here is, you know, with, you know, some of the additions that they've made on the offensive line, the emergence of, you know, a running back that we'll talk about later, adding Allen Robinson, adding another tight end that's extremely good at blocking. Can Kenny Pickett take his next step, you know, in terms of this this offense to being at least average? They were 26 in points scored. They were 24th in passing yards per game. So what do you think? Uh, I mean, I think with any young quarterback, you, you you know when you throw them out there in the fire pretty early, um, they're they're gonna struggle, right? They're gonna struggle. Now he had weapons last year. His supporting cast is basically the same. Pickens is there. Deontay Johnson is still there. Pat Fry- Pat Fryman is still there. Um, they you know they did have Calvin Austin last year, but he's coming back. He was the speedster um, that they drafted out of Memphis. I think he was a third round pick or a fourth round pick. I can't remember. Third, third round. Not- third rounder yeah so um and then obviously they brought in Allen robinson who's a veteran that could potentially help him in the short area but i mean i I think i think just naturally you know quarterbacks especially with uh you know first round talent quarterbacks they'll they'll naturally take a leap from year one to year two um but there was a lot of a lot of things concerning about kenny pickett in year one for sure um but we said the same thing about trevor lawrence last year when he was playing with urban meyer right we played we said a lot we said that uh, we said a lot of things about uh, other quarterbacks that struggled mightily in year one, and they took a huge leap in year two. 
And so I, I think they can take a next step, next step because of what's surrounding Kenny Pickett. I don't see him being this bad again. Uh, 1.8 percent, um, you know, TD rate is is absolutely putrid, and it, it just it just it's it seems like it seems fake. It seems like one of those numbers that are just <laughs> that that, that <laughs> seems like made up. Only seven total touchdowns in 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 ten plus starts. Like that 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 almost just seems it, again. It just seems fake. So I don't I don't see that I don't foresee that happening again, especially with the weapons around them. And we we'll, we'll we'll talk about Deontay Johnson a little bit later, but you know he had crazy crazy shitty touchdown luck. Um, so I, I I think they can take a step in the right direction just to be just you know middle of the pack middle of the pack. I think he'll be a lot better. Eleven eleven and a half fantasy points per game. I think he can improve on that as well. Yeah, I, I I'm hopeful. Um, you know, just can Matt Kennedy, man, just he just doesn't know what he's doing. Uh just to <laughs> put in perspective, his his two years as an OC, he's had his QB ones, his starting quarterbacks have been 21st and 28th in fantasy. His starting running back, his running back one has been 13th and third. His wide receiver one have been eighth and thirtieth. Wide receiver two both been 39. And then his tight end one have finished you know, top 12 both years. So, you know, the tight end is going to do work. Um, and, you know, the running back is going to get a lot of touches. Outside of that, it's a guessing game. So, you know, maybe he'll come out of his, uh, you know, he, he maybe he might break a trend and, you know, get this this offense to pick up a little bit and, you know, get the wide receivers a lot more involved in, you know, doing something in your fantasy rosters. All right, so on to the running backs. We got Najee Harris. You know, the steady running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers, right, running back 12 right now, going 37. So pretty much at the beginning of the fourth round, he was 19th in points per game, despite, you know, being eighth in, in uh, weighted opportunities. That's uh, uh, rush attempts plus uh, you know, receptions. And then uh, he was top 10 in juke rate, innovative tackles, but 52nd and 45th in yards per touch and yards created per touch. So pretty much this is your offensive line. A lot of it is his offensive line because a lot of it was just him getting hit as soon as he touched the ball in the backfield or wasn't really able to create anything because his offensive line kept getting beat up. But again, we talked about their offensive line making some they picked up made up some moves in the offseason on top of you know drafting Darnell Washington. So maybe we might see a lot more two tight end sets or a lot of you know, Darnell Washington maybe in the backfield or something that you know helped that offensive line from blocking. Um, also what plagued Najee Harris is that at the beginning of the season, I know he had that foot injury. He had that plate that was removed. So, you know, it was kind of a slow start, slow start for him. And then also just keep in mind that his targets went down from, you know, the first, the last season with Ben and then his first season with Kenny Pickett slash, uh, Matt, uh, Mitch Trubisky went from 94 to 53. Cause you know, big Ben at the end of his career was checked down Charlie. So because his dead mm-hmm. arm, so I know that hurt. No, just to see that significant drop in terms of uh, you know, pass attempts, so or targets. Yeah, like I, I don't know, like not the 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 only thing that that's working in Najee's favor is just volume. It's just pure yep. volume, but he's not yep. very efficient at all mm-hmm. whenever he's whenever he touches the ball. Like it's just it's he and his backfield mate Jalen Warren. We'll we'll talk about him in a second. Is much more efficient in almost every metric that matters uh, when it comes to running you know running you know running the ball you know juke rate evading evading tackles you know you name it like so if you're when, when you're drafting Najee Harris you're getting a floor guy 
that's going to get a lot of volume, but he's not going to give you spike weeks. He's not going to give you ceiling weeks. Uh, you just need to know what you're going to get with Najee Harris and not and, and basically temper your expectations because, you know, the last the last couple of seasons or his, his first two years, 3.8 yards per carry, 3.9 yards per carry. You know, he's played 17 games in both seasons, so we can give him that. A lot of running backs miss time, with especially with some of the, some of the injuries that he's had to uh, deal with. So you know we can give him we, we we don't we don't really see too often running backs playing all seventeen games, mm-hmm. so that so that's that's pretty good on him. But he he took a beating, of course, because he takes all you know his his first his first season had almost four hundred touches out the gate, three hundred eighty one <laughs> to be exact, <laughs> out the gate, um, and then this past year, you know another three hundred another three hundred plus touches, so. And he came in as an older prospect, so he's already he's already twenty five years old. Um, so he'll be twenty six, I think, at some point. You know, some I think he just turned twenty five. As a matter of fact, he's twenty five point three right now. So when the season starts in a couple of months, he'll be he'll be twenty five point five. So yeah, he's he's already he was already an older prospect when he came in, and he's already taking a, a lot of punishment and a lot of you know wear and tear on his body as it is. So I don't see him lasting that long in the NFL. I think he has another couple of years, especially at this rate that he's going. Mm, mm. Jalen Warren, running back 44, going one in 35 overall, an underdog right now. Somebody I've been targeting as of late, you know, to you know help my back my backfield. Like you said before, he was very efficient. Um, snap snap rate increased as as the uh, season wore uh, went on last season. Uh, explosive rush rate at 14 percent. Like you say, he was better at every you know metric there was this past season uh, for a running back. So it'd be interesting to see how they you know integrate him because they've been talking him up, saying that we can't keep him off the field. So we, I'm expecting him to play a lot more. I don't know what that's going to look like, but should be interesting. I'm not sure if that that running back twelve, if if it's what they're making it seem like running back twelve for Najee Harris might be a little high. But until we see it, I don't high. know. Yeah, I don't have I don't really I don't have any I don't really have much Najee Harris. I think I probably drafted him a couple times, like maybe in March or Febu- February or March. But as of la- as of now, since like June, July or June and the early part of July, I haven't really been drafting him at all. I don't yeah, have I much have Harris. I have him on two of my what seventy four teams. <laughs> well, there you go. So Jalen, so Jalen Warren is obviously you know better. Um, you know, much better than the the Najee Harris from a, from a on a per on a per touch basis. So, w- would you? I guess what I guess what I'm trying to ask here is, if you were doing rankings, and Najee Harris was injured and Jalen Warren was the starting running back, would you rank Jalen Warren higher than Najee Harris is right now? At twelve, like, would you rank him like? Like during, like let's say during the season, three or four games have elapsed, um, have, have already taken place, and we see, you know, Najee Harris be inefficient, and Jalen Warren is super efficient, and they may be close to the same in fantasy points per game in fantasy production. Let's say you know Najee Harris is out for a couple of weeks with an ankle injury. Um, let's knock on wood. Let's not wish injuries upon people. Just a hypothetical example here. Um, now, if you're doing rankings that week. How would you, how would you actually rank Jalen Warren? Um, would you rank him as a top twenty four back? Would you rank him as top fifteen? Um, because given how efficient he is with the with the ball in his hands, 
I mean, how how could you not like rank him at least in the top fifteen? Yeah, I would probably just off of sure just sheer volume alone, I would probably put top fifteen. And then you just mix in about how efficient he's been. Again, you don't know if he's going to be that efficient with you know getting starter type of uh, snaps and carries and whatnot. So, but just in terms of knowing how candidate runs his you know uses his running backs then it would make sense to put him in the top 15 for sure and you know just see what happens yeah i, I think i'm i think yeah i i think i i would rank him pretty you know relatively high um what if he's if he's there by himself and I, I don't we don't even know who's who else is in the in the pittsburgh backfield i mean they I, we know they you know benny snell is not there anymore it's just him it's just jalen warren and Najee harris and so yeah. But I I like I like I like uh, Jalen Warren a lot, especially later, especially where he's going late in drafts. All right, wide receivers, Deontay Johnson. Uh, I mean, you hit it already. His uh, his touchdown uh, luck was horrendous for somebody that had over 140 t- uh, targets alone. Uh, he was targeted a lot in the end zone, but it just it just didn't happen. Um, you know, 86 for 80, 82 and zero touchdowns. <laughs> 147 targets like just by like sheer just like opportunity you would think he would at least have at least four you know get him to Deontay uh DJ Moore levels man damn like he didn't have not one he was 10.6 points per game whoa whoa, was- whoa 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 time out, time out. <laughs> I was waiting for you to catch time that out. <laughs> DJ Moore at least scores touchdowns I know about what I'm saying is that he couldn't even get to that level where which was just four, knowing okay. that DJ Moore has been playing with shitty quarterbacks since the beginning of time. So that's okay. all I'm saying. I'm not oh, saying okay. that. I was like, oh, yeah. okay, let's let's pump this. <laughs> no, no DJ Moore shots, okay? Let's yeah, let's take any shots at DJ Moore, please. Yeah, all he, right. had, he scored seven touchdowns this he past did. year, by the way. He did, he did. Okay, 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 he did. All right, 13th in target share with 27%, which was elite. Um, he dropped the ball a lot, but who cares about drops? Nobody cares about drops, man. Stephon Diggs led the league in drops, so stop. But no, nobody talks about it. Who cares? Yeah, exactly. Because because he scores a lot of points, gets a lot of yards. You know, you don't even worry about the eight drops or ten drops or whatever the case may be. Yeah. George Pickens, wide receiver, forty. He's going uh, seventy six overall, so pretty close to Deontay. Deontay's wide receiver, uh, thirty two at sixty three. Uh, Pickens wasn't really efficient. You know, people going crazy because of the, you know, how he just throws his body around to make catches, one hand catches, things of that nature. He was 50, he had 52 receptions for eight, 800 yards and five touchdowns, 9.8 points per game, which was 48, uh, 15% target share, which is nothing, 1.54 yards per uh, route run, which is not good. Um, but he does have a, a, a a large a dot that was one thing that kenny pickett did do is that he did throw deep the you know the the george pickens so uh for somebody to be a rookie he was seventh in, in deep target so just just to let you know like kennedy wasn't shy about throwing it throwing the ball to his his big wide receiver um and then we also add Allen robinson you know you can get him pretty much free doesn't you can get him at the end of drafts because he was trash last year you know wide receiver you know weeks one through nine he was third in red zone targets but didn't really come down with the ball um he was hurt on and off and then just seemed like he just didn't want to play anymore because 
Stafford was hurt and, you know, just season just didn't go as, as it planned. So just overall a big letdown. So wide receiver was, room, what do you I, think? I think that was the biggest bust of 2022 was Allen yeah. Robinson because yeah. he was going to an offense that just won the Super Bowl, an yep. offense that had a quarterback throw for 41 touchdowns. Yep. And he just was lost good, OBJ and just lost OBJ. So he would slot right in and we, we, we felt like he wasn't washed. Um, so we'll see what happens with him in Pittsburgh. As as a long-standing Allen Robinson truther, I am, uh, you know, I'm, uh, I'm at I'm at a crossroads with my with my Allen Rob Allen Robinson trutherism. I'm at a mm. crossroads right now. So, um, but in terms of the wide receiver room, uh, Deontay Johnson, yeah, like he's his his wide receiver thirty two price is absolutely absurd. Um, he's he's gotten at least 140 plus targets in you know three consecutive years and a guy that's had 140 plus targets, three consecutive years is going in a wide receiver 32. Um, give, give me that all day. Give yeah. me that all day. Any chance I, any opportunity I had to get Deontay Johnson in that range, I'm going to, I'm going to push the button on him. Um, and I'm surprised he's not like one of my higher drafted wide receivers, but that's going to change over the next month or so um, because he's still going in that same range. Um, and, you know, George Pickens, I know he's, he's got the upside, of, of a deep threat. And he's, you know, one of your prototypical best ball receivers. Well, he, he can deliver spike weeks, but that also have, that also has a lot to do with the quarterback that's throwing him the ball. Can he pick it? But we, we, we believe that we know he can, he can take a step forward in, in 2023, but in terms of like this safe volume that you're going to see from Deontay Johnson, I mean, again, 140 plus targets, three straight years. That, that is, that is, <laughs> that is more than enough. To, to get you know to to warrant wide receiver 32 and smashing the button there so that's yeah, that's it, that's my take on the wide receiver room it's Deontay Johnson and you're not gonna find a wide receiver that gets that type of volume at that range man like that's just unheard of like you got you just you're just not gonna get it bro like Michael Pittman I don't think he's bringing he's bringing what 120 130 but he's not gonna give you 150 yeah uh, Mike Evans is not bringing you 150 now with Baker like mm-hmm. so he was just, Mike Evans wasn't giving you 150 with Brady. You yeah. Know? So he wasn't even getting targeted that much with Brady. So with Baker, I mean, I I, I can't even imagine. I mean, I and I love Mike Evans. I don't I won't have a bad thing to say about Mike Evans, but yeah, um, he's not gonna get that volume like Deontay yeah. Johnson was in that range. Yeah. All right. Last but let, last but not least, uh the tight end room. We got Pat Fryman that's going tight end seven right now, which is around 107. He had more targets than pickings in 11 of the 15 games that they played. So in this offense, like I said, the the two years that Kenneth has been an offensive OC, the tight end has been it's been the tight end one. So I would look at Pat Fryman as being the second the second target in this offense. I mean, he was second in rookie tight ends for every major category, uh, receiving category. He was you know tight end six from week six on, especially when Kenny Pickett was under the helm because I mean that was the guy that he kept looking at if it wasn't if he wasn't Deontay it was it was uh Pat Fryermute and he's the only tight end in NFL history with 60 receptions and seven touchdowns so you know pretty amazing for for a tight end went kind of quietly you just expect him to build off of that and then you got Darnell Washington who's going tight end 39 which is free we've heard the camp reports all oh, he's going to be a monster in the red zone but I mean again you already got Pat Fryermuth, who's a big guy. You got George Pickens, who's a big guy. I mean, it would be cheating to add another big guy in there, but how often are we going to see Darnell Washington as the tight end to do anything? So I'm not going to really 
put much haste into you know drafting him. Yeah, uh, it, it, unless again, unless something happens to Pat Fryermuth, I don't see how Darnell Washington is is fantasy relevant at all in twenty twenty. Yeah. So yeah. Um, but yeah, so the last team that we're going to talk about is the Cleveland Browns. Um, their big, their biggest move this off season was they traded for Elijah Moore uh, from the Jets, who was disgruntled and fell out of favor with the coaching staff. So you know, hopefully this change of scenery will uh, will boost him back up um, to that you know to that player that we saw from Week Seven to Thirteen, where he was the PBR wide receiver three uh, behind Cooper Cup and Jamar Chase. So um, his rookie year in twenty twenty one. So we'll, we 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 will see where that goes. And then they also drafted Cedric Tillman. Um, with their first draft pick in 2023, um, and that was the third round because they gave up a lot to get Deshaun Watson, um, who we'll talk about here. Um, who will we'll definitely, you know, we'll 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 kick this off. We'll talk we'll talk Deshaun Watson because that is the big question in Cleveland. Like, um, he was so bad in 2022. He was actually on par uh, with with Zach Wilson when it comes to EPA per drop back. And EPA uh, per play, um, Deshaun Watson amongst you know thirty-seven qualified quarterbacks, he was thirty-second in or sorry thirty he was thirty-second in uh, EPA per drop uh, EPA uh, per play. Um, so and that was on again that was on par with Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson was like thirty-fourth, and so yeah he was he was bad he was bad he was bad in all in a lot of uh, you know advanced metrics completion percentage overexpected he was 32nd out of 37 qualified quarterbacks and he ranked 38th and throwing more than 20 plus yards down the field so again he just wasn't good he just wasn't good he took a lot of sacks now again i mean that was a criticism with deshaun watson even when he was playing in houston he did take mm-hmm. a lot of sacks then um but he also he held he held on to the ball a little bit longer um last year because you know it's it's a little rustiness from not playing for the last year and a half so we will quietly shoot him some bail for how 2022 plant panned out. But what we saw last year was pretty concerning mm-hmm. from Deshaun Watson. Pretty concerning. Um, so now I, I say all that to say this. I am in on Deshaun Watson this year to to bounce back because we did see him. We we did see him uh, in Houston the last time he played a full season. Lead the league in passing yards. Lead the league in yards per attempt, and have you know over thirty plus touchdowns. And so, and then we his rookie year in twenty seventeen, he had over twenty five fantasy points per game. So we know that's that type of that type of uh, play is in his range of outcomes. Now, granted, now I don't know how that's going to happen in Cleveland, but if he can get close to that, I think he can. I think we can. I think we can see somewhere close to that. And him currently going off the board as a QB nine on underdog drafts, pick eighty three. I mean, that's 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 pretty that's pretty much stealing. That's pretty much stealing because you're getting a guy that could potentially give you, you know, some elite upside. Uh, sign me up all day for that. Yeah, he's my fourth quarterback, the uh, most drafted quarterback, uh, right at eighteen percent. Only two, uh, uh, Jalen Hurts and uh, Daniel Jones in front of him. Um, he's my I he's want, my third he's my third at fifteen behind Justin Fields and Russell Wilson, yeah. So um, yeah, I I I am in 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 anytime I do draft Deshaun Watson, I make sure to stack him with either David Njoku, uh, Elijah Moore, Amari Cooper, who we'll yeah. talk about here here in a second. Um, but just you know t- you know shifting gears to the backfield, uh, we got Nick Chubb, 
I mean, there's really not too much to say about him. I mean, he's just super efficient. Anytime he anytime he touches the ball, anytime he's been in the league, he's just been a, an efficiency monster. Um, now he could probably now he could probably have the workload. He can have the workload that we've we've all been you know been, been waiting for because he's always had you know cream he's had cream hunt behind him he's had some you know a third down guy behind him but now it's just him and Jerome Ford uh, in in the backfield so I think Nick Chubb will have this backfield by and large all to himself uh, he's currently going off the board as a QB I'm sorry the R as the RB four pick sixteen on underdog draft so just right after you know right after the two you know the one two turn um, i i would even i would even venture to say that come come this fall he'll be a first round pick he'll be a, he'll he he may vault up to be a first round pick because i think he's in the range where he can potentially get pushed up and and, and push past you know garrett wilson or amon ross st brown or or, any, or maybe even a Devontae adams who's going in that range so I like Nick Chubb a lot this year. He's going to be one of my higher my one of my higher own running backs. Haven't been able to get too many shares of him this you know so far. Only nine percent drafted uh, because you know I'd be either be getting sniped or there's been other guys there that I that I'm willing to take. But you know Nick Chubb is definitely uh, going to be one of my more uh, more more higher owned backs um, in th- this fall. Yeah, I agree. Um... Once you keep hearing news about him getting, you know, backfield work in terms of the passing game, then it could really, you know, really go up for him. We'll, but we'll see. And we keep hearing about Jerome Ford possibly being being the third down back, but I'm I'm very hopeful for Chubb this year. Yeah. So, quick question: Nick Chubb or Jonathan Taylor? Give me Chubb. Okay, Nick Chubb or Saquon Barkley. Let me let me get Barkley, bro. Let me get Barkley, man. Barkley, huh? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that I think that one is uh Nick Chubb is a is a better runner than than obviously a better runner than Saquon Barkley. But Saquon Barkley has the edge in the passing game. And major that, edge. Major edge <laughs> in the passing game. At least from what we've seen so far, but maybe things can change in twenty twenty three. I don't but I don't I don't foresee I don't know. I, I'm splitting hairs on those two, but I, I would probably lean Barkley as well because of the edge that he has in the passing game. Just yeah. because of the edge he has in the passing game. Um, but yeah, Nick Chubb, man, he's just he's just so efficient at everything. Like, you know, according to PFF, he scored 48 and a half points over expected, which is second most for, amongst running backs. So, so he continues to exceed expectations. Does, it just doesn't matter. Like it just doesn't matter what's what's in front of him. He's gonna he's gonna smash. Um, but just rounding out the backfield, we got Jerome Ford going pretty late in drafts. Um, there's a possibility that Cleveland may bring in another back because, I mean, Jerome Ford's been getting a lot of buzz, but he only had eight carries in 13 games last year and no targets. And Kareem Hunt, like we saw last year, that how bad he was. And he, he, no still was, and he still wasn't getting playing time. Nope, he didn't get so, no work. So just looking at that, it's a little concerning. It's a little concerning um, about the prospects of Jerome Ford, but uh, you know he could be a, a, a decent handcuff, especially in, a, in an offense that's going to potentially run the ball a lot. So he's he's someone to monitor in the thirteenth to fourteenth round if you if you if you want some exposure to the Browns' offense. All right, so on to the wide receiver room, uh, led by Amari Cooper. He is the team's uh, number one wide receiver. He 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 is coming off of a career year. Um, 
you know, last, you know, last year over 1,100 yards, um, over seven touchdowns. So he was uh, he was 14th in PFF receiving grade, 15th in yards per route run. Um, but when Deshaun Watson got under center, he only had one top 30 finish, and that was against the, the game against Washington. Uh, I think later in the season, I think week 17, as a matter of fact. That was his only top 30 finish with Deshaun Watson at quarterback. That's how bad Deshaun Watson was. Um, and, you know, he had a 25% target share with Jacoby Brissett in there versus a 22% target share with Deshaun Watson starting. So there was a kind of a tale of two Amari Coopers. <laughs> We've kind of kind of seen that across his career in Dallas, although he's been he was productive in his career in Dallas. But uh, with a full year of Deshaun Watson, I think he can be um, – I think they can get their chemistry down and they can be much better, um, you know, as a, as a duo, as a connection. But um, it, it's something to note with Deshaun Watson just being really, really bad. It affected Mario Cooper down the stretch. But I don't, I don't foresee that being, uh, you know, a roadblock in 2023. Any thoughts on Amari Cooper? Amari, he's just solid, bro. Like, just, you know what you're going to get from him. You can get, like, 80 for 1,100 and, like, Five to eight touchdowns. Like, sign me up for that. And for all the wide again, receiver two has some wide receiver one spike weeks. Yep. You you, he, you you know what you're gonna get from Amari Cooper. Yep. He's as solid as they come. So I, I expect I expect him to have a, a, another good year. Yeah. So Elijah Moore, um, he's probably gonna be penciled in as a number two. He's been getting a lot of buzz in minicamp in OTAs. Um, you know, he is basically unguardable, and he's gonna be it looks like he's going to be used, you know, across, you know, all, all across the formation. Right. And I think they always say these things about certain players Mm -hmm. before the season starts that remains to be seen, but you know, I'm still a Elijah Moore truther and I still believe in his talent. He he was super productive at Ole Miss, super productive in that stretch in his rookie season, but the bottom just fell out in 2022 and completely underwhelmed. He was actually dead last in yards per route run, which is very concerning. Um, had only a 10% target share, 16% air yard share. So he, when he was on the field, he was just running wind sprints. He was just he was just running wind sprints. He wasn't getting targeted. He wasn't getting looks. And so, but again, he fell out of favor with his coaching staff. And now he's in a new uh, in a new environment, a better quarterback, and a better situation, hopefully. And I think he can you know kind of turn things around, and we can get cl- we can get back some of that. Some of that guy we saw in 2021 that was super productive for that that stretch of six set six to seven games. Yeah. What do you think about Elijah Moore? Um, I'm hopeful. I mean, it was it was sad seeing him getting getting camera time after games, and he just just I'm I'm not getting the ball. Don't ask me. So um, but you know, he's in a better offense, and I just expect I expect him to, you know, do some work, man. Like this is a good trio. I think you have Donovan Peoples-Jones, who's the deep ball threat. You got Mari Cooper that can do everything, and then you got Elijah Moore, the, the shifty guy that can, you know, do whatever. So I, I expect him to do, I expect him to do some good things this year. Yeah, and quickly on uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones to round out the receiver room. He's wide receiver seventy-one on underdog, so his ADP is around pick one sixty-four. Super late in drafts, definitely a dart throw to add to your. Your 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 Cleveland stack. If you want to do a double stack with, you know, him, Elijah Moore, and and Deshaun Watson, or him, Amari Cooper, and Deshaun Watson, but it's really cheap to kind of stack those guys. You know, at the at the very very end of your drafts, 
uh, you know, just, you know, Donovan Peoples Jones had a pretty good year, had over 800, 800 yards and, and three touchdowns, you know, was, you know, with the wide receiver 36, um, but the wide receiver 47 to points per game. Um, but he did have four top 36 finishes, which was actually more than Amari Cooper did last year, believe it or not. Um, mm. And he had a 28% air yard share, which is pretty good. So, um, he's the he's a downfield guy uh, for that Browns offense, but they did draft his potential replacement in Cedric Tillman uh, with their first the very first draft pick, who who I think is going to be a factor late in the season. I think he's going to get on the field late in the season because I think they drafted him just to you know because Donovan Peoples Jones this is his last year, his contract is up after this year, so they they definitely drafted Cedric Tillman to replace him for 2024 and beyond. So there, Cedric Tillman was a guy that I was actually drafting early on this offseason, uh, you know, very, very late with my last pick. And I, I'm still going to be taking taking some shares of him um, over the next month or so, or next couple of months until the season starts, because you never know what will happen because this wide receiver room could, you know, something could happen and Cedric Tillman could be on the field in two, maybe three wide receiver sets, and he can be getting a lot of targets um, in that yep. offense. You could be seeing David Brown, uh, David Bell too. David Bell, we I mean, forgot about David Bell. I mean, <laughs> David Bell was a was a, was a third round pick, you know, twenty twenty two. So yep. there's there, there's a, there's a lot of round wide receivers that um, could potentially get looks late in the season. But I, I like Cedric Tillman for sure. Yep. And then lastly, uh, just the tight end room consists of just one guy, David Njoku, currently going off the board as tight end nine, pick one hundred six. Um, you know, last year he finished top 12 in, t- in targets per route run, yards per route run, and yards after catch per reception. So, and you know, his, his yards after catch per reception was something that he did super well in college in, in Miami. If you remember back many years ago, he had 11 yards after catch <laughs> in yeah. average 11 yards after catch his final year in Miami, which is absolutely insane. Um, but David Njoku actually, you know, played 90% of the snaps in all but five games last year. And he was sixth in PFF receiving grade, so he, there's there's a lot of upside there. But again, it just depends on how Deshaun Watson does, um, you know, feeding all these feeding all these weapons. Um, that Browns offense, I mean, they're they're set, they're teed up to smash. It, it it just all depends on you know what Deshaun Watson decides to do or what version of Deshaun Watson we're gonna get um, in 2023. So that that's that that basically sums up the Browns in a nutshell. Yep. Yeah, I agree, especially with Skafanski already coming out saying that they're trying to tailor the offense for Watson, allowing him to find plays that he's, you know, that he's liked in his past and try to implement that. So just things are just lining up for him to, you know, be really, really good this year. So we'll we're we'll hoping hoping and hoping that the the massage bandit can turn it back around, man. Yes, sir. All right. So <laughs> <laughs> so we are at the end of the show, and of course, we got to drop that underdog promo. As you've been checking out underdog, they got a lot of you know a lot of tournaments happening. You saw the 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 newest one where they had the the weekly the the weekly winner uh, game where it's fifteen dollars, where you know each week you can win a lot of money. Uh, I believe they dropped the what was the, the down the the mastiff, which was the thousand dollar entry for. I think you can have seven max entries for that one. The, the, the big so, money, the big money. Yeah, the big money, and they still got the Dal, uh, Dalmatian two, which is a hundred one dollars uh, per entry. I think three entries for that one. So still a lot of still a lot of tournaments out there. Of course, they got the Best Ball Mania four, which is still going. Uh, they've only filled it thirty two percent. That's twenty five dollars per entry. So 
plenty of time to get in any of those tournaments. And if you're looking to get in and you haven't got in already, don't have an underdog account, make sure you tap in with us. Use that underdog promo code OTLFF. Uh, anyone that signs up, deposits at least $10, gets a, a year-long subscription to Destination Devi Discord, where we're discussing underdog strategy and, you know, judging our rosters and, you know, strategy overall. Um, and then that's a 100% match up to $100. Make sure you tap into the, the All Gas newsletter that drops every Friday morning, uh, where we're dropping a lot of things, you know, with everybody that's under Des- Destination Devi. So a really good newsletter. To, you know, keep you up to date and get you ready for the season. Uh, follow us on Twitter at OptheLineFF. Follow me on Twitter at FantasyGenes, that's G-E-N-E-S. Follow Ike on Twitter at just underscore Ike09. Ike, you got anything? Man, no. Uh, this, is a, this is a good one. Enjoy talking about this division. It's going to be very, very intriguing to see who, you know, who emerges um, behind Cincinnati because they're going to win the division again, it looks like. <laughs> well, I mean, well, maybe Baltimore have, will have something to say about that, but um, I kind of like the direction that, you know, some of these teams are going. Um, so it's it, it'll be it'll be a fun division. Um, this may be a shootout division, right? Because yep. there's a lot of offensive firepower in this division for sure. You know, we got Cleveland with weapons. Pittsburgh has weapons. Baltimore has weapons, and we obviously know about Cincinnati. So each of these, we used to look at this division as, you know, a, you know, knockdown, drag out, low scoring games, not a lot of passing, but now it looks like there's a little bit of a changing of the guard, you know, less run, less running, but more, more passing and more airing it out. So I'm excited to kind of see how this uh, division plays out. Yep. I agree with you. All right. Until next week, we'll be talking about another team, another conference fantasy outlook so y'all tap in with us next week well until then y'all be safe peace out